Welcome. Together, we're going to explore our personal finances and figure out how to improve them. Whether you're just getting started in life on your finances, or you may already have a home, a car payment, and you're struggling to get credit cards under control. Or you may be getting a late start in life on saving for retirement. ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com is a podcast to educate those to improve personal finances, whether it's eliminating debt or making smart investments. Mr. Chuck here. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about mistakes that we make, and this is financial mistakes. We all made a few, hopefully not this many, but this is a list of 22 mistakes people make on their finances. And I found this article in listenmoneymatters.com, financial mistakes. So we all know what the big ones are, not having a budget, not investing, running up your credit cards. If you avoided or overcome those mistakes, well done. But you may not be out of the woods yet, and here's a host of mistakes people make with their finances. And here are some you might look out for. You don't pay yourself first. I'm guilty of that myself. I've always were paying my bills and trying to make extra payments on my credit cards before I discovered I was better off by making the minimum payments on my credit cards and putting extra money that I save into a savings account and building up an emergency fund so I didn't have to use credit cards in the future. That's mistake number one. Number two, you have no debt plan. You may think you have a debt plan, but you probably don't. It's not enough to make a payment every month, especially just a minimum payment if you have debt. You need a plan to tackle that. And you can use the snowball method or the avalanche method or my method. I've talked about that in earlier episodes, so I'm not going to go back. But a detailed plan. The date that you start. Which credit cards you want to pay off to zero. What the minimum payments are. How much you think you could save on a two-month or a three-month period. And how much extra you could apply to that credit card debt. And a goal. When do you want to get it paid off? In one year, 12 months, or maybe 18 months, set a reasonable goal. But if you just jot it down, then you have a more defined plan. Number three mistake we all make is you ignore your credit score. I did that for years. I didn't even know what my credit score was. But I knew that if I make on-time payments and, you know, don't be late, don't get in over your head, don't apply for too much credit, that I would probably have a good credit score. But now, these days, with the internet, it's much easier to keep track of it, and you can check your credit score at Credit Karma. You don't ever have to pay for your report. You can get your reports once a year for free from all three credit agencies. Then mistake number four is you're assessed with your credit score. You pay too much attention to your credit score. 
you got to remember your credit score is used for when you buy insurance or get loans or maybe you're if you're renting an apartment for a landlord if you're looking to move to a different apartment but don't keep checking it every day just make your on-time payments pay off your credit cards Try to pay off any other loans you have, and your credit score will be adjusted accordingly. The mythical 850, you'll probably never reach that. It's very difficult. I don't even know why they have it, because I don't know anybody that's ever reached it. Number five, no renter's insurance. Your landlord checked your score. It was excellent. You got the apartment. You assume the owner of the property has insurance, so you don't need it. Wrong. The owner's policy will cover damage to the structure, but not your belongings. So if you are renting an apartment or a condo, you need renter's insurance to cover your belongings, all your furniture, and all your clothes, and whatever else you have in there. Number six mistake we make is you pay full price for everything. And nowadays, you never have to pay full price for anything anything there's just too many ways to avoid doing so even if you just go online and shop online there's many discounts and sales that you can get that if you walked into the store you may not get you can also get your small appliances at thrift shops and you can get free furnitures on craigslist now this is according to the article you can get discounts and coupons about anywhere I know a lot of you are probably already doing that for your groceries and things you buy on a regular basis. So just keep doing it and try to expand on not paying full price for anything. And number seven, you don't ask for help. I don't mean you don't ask to borrow money. Lending money is later on this list as a mistake. Whatever problem you're having, credit card debt, you don't know how to make a budget, you brought a new car and now you can't afford it, I guarantee at least one person you know has the same problem. And if no one has, they're lying. Google is kind to those in need. So even though you don't ask somebody personally, you can go online and Google what your problem is. Like, I can't afford to make your car payment. What do you do? You can probably Google that and come up with some answers. First thing you want to do is contact your lender. And tell them the reason and why, like you're unemployed and you'd like to, you know, get it extended. But don't be afraid to ask for help. And that's what this podcast is all about. Number eight, you always choose money. Money should never be the only consideration when making a decision. It's up there, but shouldn't be alone. You need to consider all other things other than money first. And number nine. You don't ask for a raise. I never asked for a raise in my working career. One, because I didn't think I'd ever get it. And two, I don't know why. I just never, I was afraid to maybe. A raise fairly doesn't fit around the office just handing them out. And if you just wait to get a raise when they give you one, you're probably just going to get the 2% that get that what raise that everybody's going to get. You need a big increase, so you're going to have to ask for it. Now, you want to ask for it 
after you did something significant. Say, say that you work in an office and they assigned you a project and you was the project leader and you carried it out, you met all the goals and you did fairly well and everybody was happy. Right after you get that done, you should go to your immediate supervisor and say, I did a good job on this project. I would like to have a pay raise. Timing is everything. And number 10, you don't change jobs. Even if you ask for a raise and got a nice one, it's likely to be nowhere near the bump you could get if you switch companies. And you should probably be doing it often every two years in effect. This day and age, there's no such thing as loyalty to your employer. If you did something wrong or bad, you think they're going to keep you around because you're loyal to them? Not likely. You can get better bumps and increases in promotion if you change jobs. Depending on your field, it could be significant. That's the top 10. Okay, number 11. Number 11, you're doing it because. This is one to lots of things, going to college, getting married, buying a house, having a child. Those can be all the wonderful things, but they're not for everybody. Why are you going to do those things? Because you're supposed to, according to whom? Society, your friends, your parents. None of those are a good reason to make major life decision. If you do something, do it because you want to do it and because it's a good decision for you. Number 12, buying a house. This is another one where the non-monetary benefits can outweigh the monetary negatives. If you have a family, putting down roots is important. If you have children, buying a home in a good school district can make sense. As mentioned above, it shouldn't be something you do just to check off another box on the stuff grown-ups do. Remember, when we talked about making better money through changing jobs. And when you change jobs, you might be moving a lot. And when you move, owning a home can be more of a hassle. Also, I think I covered it in previous episodes. It may be better or cheaper for you to rent than to buy, depending on the area of the country you live and the prices of homes and the costs associated. But if you're going to move around, you definitely want to wait until you get somewhere where you know you're going to stay. And 13, buying too much house. This is so backward. Since 1973, the size of the average home has increased by more than 1,000 square feet from 1660 to 2679, while the average number of occupants have decreased from three to two and a half. More room for fewer people. And the more room you have, the more crap you buy to fill it up, compounding the problem. And the more you buy more likely you're going to be using credit cards and start getting credit card debt. Just because you're approved for a $250,000 mortgage doesn't mean you have to spend that much. If you decide to join the Quiver full movement down the road, you can always upgrade to a bigger place. Number 14, 
yeah, buying too much house if you're a single person. I always bought a three-bedroom home because I was buying it based on resale value. And that's what you need to keep in mind. Do you need a 3,000-square-foot home that's going to cost you a lot of money to heat and cool when you can get by with maybe a three-bedroom condo that's going to save you a lot more money in heating and cooling? Just something to consider before you buy too much house. Number 14, you have no idea how much a child costs. Well, we know they're expensive. And here's some numbers. Child care and education is $44,400. Housing and transportation, $108,000. Food, $39,000. Clothing and miscellaneous, $33,780. Health care, $20,000. So yes, the total cost for a child is $245,340. And that's not including the cost of college which is going to probably double that number. I know you pay for it over time, but just be aware. I guess you could say it's cheaper to have more than one child because then you can have the hand-me-down stuff like my family did. It's up to you. Uh, Number 15, you don't teach your children about money. Well, you're going to have to because schools mostly don't, and you need to start young around the age of three Because by the time the kids are seven, their ideas and habits surrounding money are largely in place. You got to teach them that they cannot have everything they want. That's probably one of the bigger mistakes I've seen parents make when raising their children. If you instill good money habits in your children, you can set them up for a lifetime of success and save them so much stress and heartache. We have all said it to ourselves. If I knew when, what I know now, I would make sure your kids don't ever have to say that fruitful phrase, at least when it comes to money. Number 16, you lend money. This one is so hard. Hopefully everyone in your life is so bold to ask for money is someone you love and not some random in-law you only see at holidays. You can tell those people to piss off. It's harder when it's someone you care about. But it's such a bad idea. For the same reason, co-signing a loan is a bad idea. If you don't get paid back, it might be the end of the relationship. Even if you write it off as a loss and don't hold a grudge, the borrower may avoid you out of shame. It doesn't mean you can't help. Perhaps I have exhausted every other option before coming to you but probably not maybe they can get a loan from lending club maybe you can help them figure out a side hustle maybe they have money coming in but don't budget so don't realize how many relatively painless cuts they could make to keep some cash so instead of giving them money you can help them set up a budget 17 co-signing a loan There are good reasons to do this, but not many. In fact, I couldn't find one that I thought was good enough reason to convince me to do it, so I'm not going to tell you you should. I'm always looking out for you. Don't co-sign a loan because if a loan gets defaulted on, the lender's going to come to you, and you might have to use money you don't want to to pay it off. 
And if it's on a car, they're still going to have the car, and then now they're not going to have the loan because you paid it. They're going to get the title of the car. They can sell it, get some cash, and never pay you back. Just a note. 18. Using retirement to pay for college. I know you want to help your children get an education, and there are ways you can do to help them apply for grants and scholarship. Start a 529 plan. Talk to them about various options like attending a community college for the first two years. What you should not do is raid your retirement accounts to pay for it. Your children has a lot longer to work and pay back college loans if they have to take them out than if you have to work to fund your retirement. They will not thank you if you have to move in with them because you can no longer work but don't have enough money to live on. Remember, you cannot borrow money for retirement. I've been saying that many times in episodes. So don't raid your retirement fund to pay for your children's or grandchildren's college education. And 19, you pay too many fees. You're probably diligent about making sure you don't pay things like ATM fees, late fees on bills and credit cards and checking account fees. That's great. You should avoid fees when you can, but these fees are nickel and dimes compared to where you might be losing money on fees. Americans pay more than $600 billion in investing fees every year. Individually, we lose about one-third of our retirement savings to fees. Fees X can help you find and avoid fees on your investment. I don't know anything about Fees X, so... Only thing I know is your investment advisor should be a fiduciary. They generally charge you a percent of your portfolio. If you can group your family together, parents, children, brother and sister of the parents, into one investment advisor, what my investment advisor was to group all of our portfolio amounts together looked at the fee because the more you have the less percentage you have to pay so if you can group multiple people's investments together you can get a larger portfolio that's not all yours everybody will get a reduction in fees just a word of thought number 20 you don't reevaluate you don't go back and look at your options you don't look at your personal finance plan, update your short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. When you reach a goal, you need to take it off your plan, out of your plan. When you get your debt paid off, you need to take out, you need to get rid of your debt reduction plan. It don't longer exist. Maybe a new debt reduction plan would be make sure you don't get into debt. Jot down things that you can do. Increase your savings account. Increase your emergency fund. Try not to use credit cards. If you use credit cards, pay them off before they accrue any interest, usually every month. And finally, own your mistakes. Some of these are big, some are obvious. Not paying yourself first or not having a plan to tackle debt, for instance. But some of them are really surprising to me how much we lose in investment fees and how much more lucrative it is to job hop. 
and goes to show if you're thinking you aren't making any mistakes, you might be wrong. So take a look at your life, reevaluate every year, take a look to see where you can save money, where you're spending money, where you can make more money. Should you ask for that pay raise at work? Maybe you should look for a new job. It's all up to you. Only one person is going to improve your financial situation, and that's going to be you. That's the end of another episode. I hope you found it useful, and if you'd like to share this episode with your friends, please do so. I'm open for any suggestions for improvement or for information that you would like to talk about in future episodes. You can go to my Facebook page and leave me a message. I am more than glad to respond. To find my Facebook page, go to ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com and click on the Facebook icon. 